And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Uh, I had a pretty good weekend. We have a brand new Supreme Court Justice, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, confirmed on Saturday by the Senate and sworn in later that day. That's big news. That's that's great stuff. Also, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, blew out the uh, the Atlanta Falcons uh, yesterday afternoon, so I'm pretty excited about that as well. Uh, so yeah, good weekend for me. Hope, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed it. Uh, big show, lots of lots of stuff to get to today. I was joined by my good friend Tyler Grant. Um, always always a good time talking to him. Hopefully you guys like it. Uh, before I get to Tyler, uh, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Seventeen Seventy Six United. Seventeen Seventy Six United is the best, the absolute best conservative apparel company in the country. They are tremendous. Um, you really need to check these guys out. Um, super creative designs. I, I really love all their stuff. And, and all of their apparel is great quality, top quality, super soft, fits really nice. Um, you can check them out at 1776united.com. Um, they have any anything you guys want, any kind of shirt, tanks, hoodies, sweatshirt, hats, all kinds of stuff for men and women. Like I said, the best quality. Check them out at 1776united.com. Use the promo code gimmicks. That is the promo code gimmicks. <clears throat> Excuse me, for fifteen percent off of your order over at seventeen seventy six united dot com. I also want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit, or if you vape already, you got to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e liquid anywhere in the country. All their stuff is delicious. They have any kind of battery tank, mod, coil, anything you need for your vape setup. They have. Um, if you're in Northwest Ohio. They have physical stores in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio, so definitely check them out. Uh, both of their physical locations are running an awesome sale on liquid, so go in uh, Perrysburg or Holland, Ohio to Premier Vapor and get great deals on high-quality premium e-liquid. If you're not in the area, check them out at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That's PremierVaporAndLounge.com. They will give you free shipping on all orders over $35. Bucks. Uh, and if you don't already, please follow us on Follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod, and please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like what you're hearing uh, and want to get involved, you can check us out over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. You can contribute monthly there, and there's cool incentives if you choose to do so. All right, without further ado, here is my chat with Tyler Grant. All right, guys. Here we are. Here with my good friend Tyler Grant. Tyler, thanks for coming back on, my friend. Absolutely. You're really saving my ass. Um, I had a guest that that had to bail last minute. Um, last minute meaning like five minutes ago um, because her internet was down. So <laughs> you really saved the day. Um, so let's jump right into what happened over the weekend. It is finally over. 
Thank God. We have a new Supreme Court justice. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh was finally confirmed by the Senate Saturday afternoon by a vote of 50 to 48. Uh, moderate Republicans Susan Collins of Maine and Jeff Flake of Arizona uh, voted to confirm, along with Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Uh, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska was the only Republican defector. It's finally over. Um, what are your thoughts <laughs> from the weekend? Yeah, I'm really, really pleased that we're able to put this this chapter behind us and try to heal as a country from a pretty ugly nomination fight. Right. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, I think he's going to be a good jurist on on the Supreme Court. Obviously, the scandal that's that's come up and, and caused a lot of controversy in the country is something that we need to heal from and certainly have a, a larger conversation of, of the Me Too movement. And, and some, of the th- some of that, though, I think is a projection on him him of a, of a broader problem rather than analyzing the facts of this particular case. So I'm glad we're able to get this case kind of out of the way and resume an interesting and valuable discussion about the Me Too stuff. Brett Kavanaugh, you know, it, it's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine who is a, uh, a clerk at the circuit level um, just below the Supreme Court, and, and he was talking about how if only liberals knew that Judge Kavanaugh's, all of his clerks right now are females. Uh, so, you know, some of the opinion, you know, and, and a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, a lot of it's not as if these these judges are sitting there. You know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not sitting there writing her own opinions. Right. A, a clerk is taking the argument. They're having a, a sit down conversation around a table. And, you know, RBG or Gorsuch or all these guys, they, they talk about how they what they thought about the case, where they're they're holding out about the case. And they have their clerks write memos and briefs about what they think and their arguments and potential arguments. And then after the uh, the SCOTUS judge picks the or justice picks the one that he you know he likes and and or pools different ideas together, then they present an opinion or a consolidated opinion. And so the thought that uh, a, a team of women is going to put together opinions for Judge Kavanaugh and he's going to be reviewing that and working with these people. I mean, it's just it's such a it's such a good. Uh, wholesome image that I think the country needs right now. And I, I would like, I wish we could see more of that, but it, I mean, it's just, it's so funny to me how it's focused on such a, a negative uh, potential alleged thing that happened. And we're just, it, we're just going to completely toss the baby out with the bathwater about like what a good person that he's been to further the careers of a lot of women in the legal field. Right. I believe he is the only um, Supreme court justice with an all female staff. Um, and he also hired, um, the same number of African American clerks um, in one day uh, as Ruth Bader Ginsburg has in her entire—I uh, don't know—something like 120 years on the Supreme Court, <laughs> or however long she's been yeah. there in the late 80s. Um, but yeah, you don't really see a lot of media coverage of that. Um, going back to Friday night, Susan Collins, um, who, who was a swing vote on 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 this confirmation, and she's a kind of a milk toast, middle of the road, uh, mm-hmm. pro pro choice Republican. Um, she gave a great speech on the Senate floor Friday night uh, where she said she would be voting to confirm um, and, and basically just defended Western civilization as a whole <laughs> and the rule of law and the presumption of innocence. Um, uh, and it was it was really good. I mean, it was an extremely long speech. So that was uh, it was actually mind numbingly long. But uh, I actually had a nightmare that night that I'd wake up and Susan Collins would still be talking. But uh, overall, <laughs> it, it was a good speech. Um, the Democrats, the behavior of the Democrats. Uh, have already radicalized, and I say radicalized sarcastically, but <laughs> radicalized Mitch McConnell, cocaine Mitch, and Lindsey Graham, who's now a, a bomb thrower out of nowhere. Um, 
and then now Susan Collins is uh, is is out there just defending the Western world uh, <laughs> on national television. Congrats, Democrats. You know what I mean? Like it, these three people, McConnell, Graham, Collins, they're not like champions of the conservative movement. Or at least you wouldn't think they would be. Yeah. And they're out there defending conservative values and the rule of law. I, it's because the Democrats have handled this so poorly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's so it's funny because, I mean, there's a lot of things at, at work with what you just said. I mean, Susan Collins gets up there and creates a statement where she's discussing the legitimacy and weighing uh, Brett Kavanaugh as a jurist, weighing allegations against him and weighing what we want to see in the nomination process. And it was very it's very interesting when you look at what the Senate is supposed to be versus what it is right now. And it's right. this this kind of mud slinging, really political body, you know, yeah, the Senate is supposed to be a political body, 100%. No one denies this. But the Senate was also supposed to be not the people's house, you know, where you're just, you know, your two-year congressman has to be extremely responsive to what his uh, constituents want, because it's kind of, it's kind of up or out. You know, if you don't do what they want, they're going to vote you out. But the Senate, you know, you got six years, you get a little time to brave public storms, you know, public memory is, is really short about some of these things. I mean, in a couple of years, I, I fully imagine people won't even remember Brett Kavanaugh's name, much less uh, Christine de Blasey Ford's name. So, and and so you know, with the Senate, you have this this ability to think a little more clearly, to rise up above the the average Joe that's only reading a headline or two and making assumptions or, or creating faulty arguments about their political understanding. And so you saw Susan, you saw Susan Collins lay that out there in a very very well articulated way, and it was very interesting, obviously, seeing a lot of responses to that oh you know she's lost her woman card and all that kind of stuff but people 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 seem to forget that like the presumption of innocence the uh due process the ability to face your accuser like these things are valuable these things may you know merit uh serious constitutional concerns that our founders fought over for a long period of time before we accepted them into the rule of law and 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 they have to they have to have longe- longevity to them or, or what's the point of of any of this really like if if progressivism only wants social justice meaning that we have to accommodate society to fit a justice standard to account for you know historical injustice we have a we have a fundamental problem like day one we just need to be moving forward in a just manner and we need to be always seeking more just ways of doing things rather than trying to remedy past wrongs by you know throwing Brett Kavanaugh under the bus or saying, you know, a lot of people, and, and, that, and that's the problem too. Like, I don't want to be unsympathetic to people in the, in the Me Too movement because people, you know, men are doing horrible things. Men have done and will right. continue to do horrible things. But just because men have and continue and will do horrible things doesn't mean that, you know, this one guy going up for the Supreme Court has to pay for all the sins of all men. Man, that's not true. That's not fair. And I think Susan Collins, or Susan Collins, sorry, uh, with the ability to sit back and weigh the fact that Number one, she has six years in, in, in her term as a senator to think about these things, but she can evaluate and and have a little more discernment about it. And I thought she did a good job. I mean, obviously she was long winded, but you know these 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 things require nuance and, and take a little more time than people just kind of tossing out just just ridiculous notions of what what we think and what we feel is good for this particular moment. Sorry, that was a long winded answer, but you know. no, no, I I couldn't agree more. I I don't want to go off on a. a too deep down this rabbit hole, but I want to touch on something you brought up um, about, sure. you know, just 
constitutionally what the Senate was supposed to look like versus what the Senate has become now. Um, I would I would love to repeal the 17th Amendment. I think that would be a great start to restoring the Senate to, to some kind of functioning body. Um, obviously, the Senate was not supposed to be 100 guys auditioning for the presidency. Um, what do you think about repealing the 17th? If, you know, so it's 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 a complicated it's a complicated issue. And I, I tend to weigh in on the side of direct democracy. But as society bifurcates between just extreme kind of coastal elites and sort of a, a middle America and the coastal elites look down on middle America as just this like, like other type of America, you know, it does make where the electoral college and a, a repealed type Senate will be something that's effective to protect those interests and protect those values because, you know, yeah, we're not seeing it yet, but, it, but down the road when, you know, Christians fall into the minority, when you have, you know, different religions fall into the minority, different types of people fall into the minority. Like the purpose of what we're supposed to be doing is protecting the minority. Right. And, uh, if, if you could find a way to draft up all the other problems that we have in the electoral system, you know, access to voting, gerrymandering, things like that and create a more perfect way of doing that. Yeah, of, of course, I would you know, appreciate a move back to a a more republic style of governing. Because the reason why the Senate is such a check on the people is because the people don't have time. Like the average American doesn't have time to sit like a little reporter, refreshing Twitter, checking the new thing, getting the update, or you're, you know, some guy at the New York times publishes something that he didn't mean to or tweets something that he didn't mean to and they were canned a couple hours later like people don't see the 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 edit they no, see never, what was never. Sent out. yeah they see what was sent out they get jazzed up about it or upset about it or, or confused by it or tricked by it and then they never get the they never get the revised version and get the tr- truth out and and that's a problem because if you are able to manipulate people in that kind of way i mean some some people when you you know uh, you know i was near the protest you know i live near Capitol Hill. And I heard some of the protests, uh, over the weekend. And, you know, people, people actually believe that number one, that Brett Kavanaugh was like a convicted gang rapist. Like people, some people believe that to be true. Right. And obviously like no one will ever know the actual truth of what happened, whether or not Ford was right or whether Kavanaugh was right, because we can't know there's not enough evidence. No one is ever going to provide evidence to say one way or the other. So yeah, you do have to like, one way or the other, but like no one can know. And so people that say, oh, I know that this happened or I know that this didn't happen. You can't ever say that. That's not true. Um, but, the, but the main problem with with this is that if you have people that have a little more ability to focus on the news and, and not be so hamstrung to the mob where, you know, a senator has, doesn't have to worry about getting just lampooned by the public in their home state where they can just rely on, you know, the legislature of a, their home state state who also has like an elevated ability to like think through these issues and be concerned with these issues and make a, an informed choice. I think number one, I think you're going to see people that are more moderate. And number two, I think you would see people that are less, um, it takes a lot of money out of politics. And, and I, 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 believe, and I, I believe, you know, eliminating the d- direct election of senators would also, um, would also make things a lot more bipartisan. You know, because the state legislatures would select two senators that would fight 
ardently for you know the interest of that state right so whether it's a red state or a blue state right like uh you know illinois is a blue state and iowa is a red state but agriculture is is the backbone of the economies of both states essentially so you'd have you know red guys and blue guys fighting for the agriculture industry and same same thing with the healthcare industry or you know energy or whatever and you'd kind of see senators if they were doing their jobs of actually fighting for the interest of their state, you'd see a lot more bipartisan bills getting passed, I think. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, I, I could see many, many states um, going one and one, Republican, Democrat, as, as some sort of kind of a, like a, a gentleman's agreement that this is this is the way that we want to do things and, and sort of kind of like the, uh, you know, some of the different appointed parts of, of government where the, the Congress advises the president on who to, to a point and they you know they replace one with one like one republican comes in right right and one one goes out that kind of thing i mean uh, 100 percent. and i mean also just if, if we can just get rid of just some of the money in politics I, I think the last statistic i saw i forget what it was when the last georgia senate race it was something like a couple of million dollars to be to be a senator i mean right. that's that's insane that's absolutely insane and people uh, you know with money in politics Politics is a bad thing. I mean, if you walk around D.C. and spend 10 minutes walking around D.C. talking to lobbyists or politicians or anytime in bars and restaurants, like you can see the problem with having money in politics and people lose faith in the institutions. The more money there is in politics. Right, right. Yeah. uh, My senator, Rob Portman, who uh, won reelection in 2016, he's a good senator, but uh, I believe he spent 30 million dollars on his reelection campaign, which is insane for a senatorial race in Ohio. it's just an astronomical number, um, but let, let's you, get back. You, let, let's get back to um, uh, a little bit of punditry. I, I, it's sorry to, to lead us down that rabbit hole about the repealing <laughs> no, the Seventeenth totally Amendment. I know it's never going to happen, but it's just something I've been thinking yeah. about a lot lately. Um, but I uh, look from where I'm sitting, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think this process honestly could have turned out any better for the Republicans. Obviously, it was nasty for the country as a whole, and we really need some healing after this this shit show. But I, I don't think it could have turned out much better for Republicans. They got a good judge confirmed. Um, they turned the Democrats into insane, screaming, <laughs> screeching, lying children, which in return fired up the GOP base. And that was always going to be a problem. It's always a problem with, with the party in power um, during the midterm elections to, to keep your base fired up but because the the democrats have been whipped up into such a frenzy that that did fire up the gop base uh and and also it seems like it's brought all the different coalitions on the right together you know like uh the trump train people the never trumpers the the moderate republicans you know the center right guys the hardcore constitutional conservatives everybody was united on this issue of, of the presumption of innocence, getting Brett Kavanaugh confirmed. Um, Republicans running for Senate in Tennessee, Missouri, and North Dakota all show Republicans leading in those races. Uh, Montana, Indiana, Florida, and Arizona are all narrowing and, and have uh, Republicans well within striking distance. Even in New Jersey, of all places, Democrat uh, Bob Menendez is only up by seven or eight points in a race he should win by 25 um, so it's looking like the, the polling numbers are, 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 are very, you know, I don't know. It looks like the Republicans gained a lot out of, out of this process. And it looks like the Democrats probably lost quite a bit as well. Yeah. My, 
My reaction, my reaction to this is, is twofold. The first is that, like him or not, Jeff Flake, by making the move to call for an FBI investigation, kind of took the arrow out of the quiver of the Democrats right. by, by saying, you guys wanted an FBI investigation. We can put this in the hands of the FBI. They can evaluate this. They can. Trump and everybody said you can interview whoever you want after they said, oh, the, the scope's too limited. They He opened it up. Interview whoever you want. They finished the investigation in a little under a week and virtually cleared, uh, or at least came to the conclusion that it was inconclusive right. and that there was no new information, as, as from what I've heard, since no one outside of the U.S. senators has read the FBI uh, memo. And so you saw a lot of people that said, okay, you treated you've treated Kavanaugh pretty unfairly. This, uh, this letter that Senator Feinstein had for weeks before she brought it to the attention of the Senate Judiciary Committee or it was leaked. Um, you had people evaluating this and saying, well, wait a minute, like you guys finished hearings, you knew about this letter. you never asked him about it. You could have asked him about it. I mean, what people don't, what people don't see or know is that there was just, there was so many closed door sessions with judge Kavanaugh where they could have asked him anything and it would have been off the record. Wouldn't have been press. It wouldn't have embarrassed. Uh, Dr. Ford, anything like that, but they chose not to do that. They chose to wait, leak it till after the hearings were over and do kind of an 11th hour surprise before the vote because they couldn't find anything incriminating. And Judge Kavanaugh basically said in, uh, to several senators and in the hearing that he thought that Roe v. Wade was settled law. And they wanted him to not say that because then they could have been like, oh, you, you know, you, you want to hurt women, you want to take away um, the right to choose and all that kind of stuff. But because he didn't do that and because he also said, I'm not going to, uh, you know, if the Supreme Court uh, finds itself in a situation to rule against the Trump administration, uh, I'm not going to I'm going to evaluate that case fairly. And I'm not I, I don't find that the president can pardon himself, anything like that. They were like, oh, no, we've, we, we don't have any we don't have any arrows. And so they brought out this letter at the last minute. I mean, Senator Feinstein should frankly resign because right. she is the she is the reason for Judge Kavanaugh and the way that she just played politics with a sexual assault victim is pretty gross. Uh, I think that absolutely so, disgraceful. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, just just so beyond the pale of the scope of like common decency of how, how to treat people. I mean, if whether or not whether or not it was true, whether or not she thought it was true, there is a there is a way that they the Senate Judiciary has just tons of resources at their disposal. They could have interviewed all of these people for months before the American people saw this. And I like to believe, and I think a lot of people would back me up on this in the Senate. That if Republican senators saw incriminating evidence against Brent Kavanaugh in private session, they would have made a recommendation to the White House to pull his nomination. Right. And they would, and they would, they could have found a, a number of reasons to not embarrass him, not embarrass Dr. Ford, and be, and 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 the country would not have been split in half over it. I mean, it, it's pretty gross that they found a way to divide the country while playing while playing politics with sexual assault victims and number two you know and a quick point and number two and this is and this is kind of telling where i think our country is right now and i and it's it's pretty uh, upsetting and i'm not quite sure how to heal from it is that i don't believe that there is the i don't believe that there is a judge that the president could have nominated that would have received a single democratic vote other than Manchin, who is the senator from West Virginia, so he doesn't really count because I fully imagine that if he wins re-election, he's going to change 
parties just like the governor of West Virginia did and become a Republican. Right. Well, because, he keeps saying that he won't, but uh, at, uh, uh, told, at a certain uh, point. He's a Republican. And, right. You know, he's a Democrat in name only. So, I mean, but yeah, I mean, but but that's my, my second point is like, I think if they'd have pulled Brett Kavanaugh and, and handed the Democrats a list of people and said, pick one that you guys would vote for. I don't think that they would have picked one. Like the Democrats view this as a stolen seat, even though that's Gorsuch's seat, but they view <laughs> this as a, another stolen seat and they will, they will, they, they just won't vote for it. It's not appealing to the base right now, the democratic party. And therefore there's no incentive for them to even reach across the aisle in any way. I mean, it, it would be kind of funny to have just put up Merrick Garland and see if all the Democrats would have voted against it because it's Trump's nominee. But right. I look, it, the Democrats are at a point right now where anything they can't control, they call illegitimate. Right. Every single Supreme mm-hmm. Court justice that was nominated by a Republican is Ill- illegitimate. Right. You know, like the Electoral College benefited Democrats for a long, long time. And now that it benefited uh, Republicans, the Electoral College is illegitimate. Like anything that they cannot control, they're going to call illegitimate. Uh, I, I just think that's their that's all they have. I mean, they, they can't they're not winning any of these political battles. So their their only recourse is to complain and, and claim everything's illegitimate. Well, it's so interesting, too. And, and like this is this is part of like a broader discussion that, you know, I've had with some people you have. It, it's really funny because I feel like the Democratic base is kind of three types of people. You have your kind of lifelong Democrats that were kind of born into being Democrats and middle class people, you know, just like your average Republican voter that, you know, was born into being a Republican. And so you kind of stay a Republican. You kind of have that. Then you have, you know, people that are, that are minorities that have been historically discriminated against that view the party of, of, uh, the Republicans as the people that, you know, you know, you, you don't really have Republicans reaching out to, to minorities saying, Hey, like, what can we do to get you on our team? You know, you have Republicans saying like, here's kind of our philosophy and, you know, yeah, we associate with some people that are bad people that don't really like your people, but you know, Hey, it's fine. Like they're not really our people, you know? And so you have, you know, you have minorities and discriminate against people that vote Democrat, but then you also have like this, this really funny, peculiar, like cocktail party liberal philosophy. Like these people that are, that are East coast, West coast elites that view themselves as, uh, you know, above, of the fray of the common man. And they do this refrain that's so funny to me where they're like, oh yeah, you know, the the common man is not this 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 semblance of just genius and brain power and we want them to be, you know, represented just as equally as we are. Like, you know, they kind of like wax poetic about like democracy, but then they also kind of say like, well, the average American's an idiot. And it's it's right. so funny because then when they champion like the electoral college and stuff like that, or when they or, or when they, you know, just dissent with the, the electoral college and judges and things like that. You're kind of like, well, wait a minute. Like, I, I know you, I talk to you, I hear what you have to say. I understand how you view government and how you view the fact that the average person can't, we don't trust the average person with their tax dollars. We don't trust the average person with running businesses, et cetera. And so we want top down government. We want these like smart elites to be the ones tinkering and moving everything around. It's just such a funny, um, duplicitous type of refrain that, that we hear. Um, and I guess I, I see a little bit of insight to that just because of the kind of circles that I occasionally find myself in, but it's, it's such a funny thing. Like, I mean, imagine saying like, Oh, the, the electoral college is, is illegitimate. It's nonsense. And then in the same breath being like, Oh, well the average American's an idiot. Right. 
Right, right. Uh, w- one more point so, on uh, on Brett Kavanaugh. I-, I do think President Trump deserves a lot of credit for having the, the stomach to stand by Brett Kavanaugh. Um, honestly, I think a lot—look at the Republican field in 2016. I think a lot of those candidates, if they became president and then this happened— um, they nominate Kavanaugh, and then this all this craziness happens. I don't know if, if a President Rubio or a President Cruz or a, a President Walker or, or whoever would have had the balls <coughs> to stand by their nominee in the face of all these allegations. And I think Trump does deserve a lot of credit for not backing down. I mean, the, the people, the, the sources, I guess you could say, that I have within the White House said to me that there was going to be really no situation in which the president was going to not stand by him. Uh, it, it, people, people understand that this guy, it's not, it's not as if they just pick this guy out of hat, like the American Bar Association, the Federalist Society, like these, these things are very, very high powered lawyer organizations. They spend a lot of time. They spend a lot of resources, like vetting people, talking to people about you, knowing what kind of person you are professionally and personally. It, the the people that were on, that are on the the president's shortlist are some of the best lawyers. They're some of the best thinkers. They're some of the best people in the profession. You right. know, when you're when you're a district court judge, you're already in the creme de la creme. When you're a D.C. district court judge, you're the you're the the, the cream on top of the creme de la creme. When you're a D.C. circuit court judge, I mean, we're, like the the levels that you're going up of just being just the tip of the top of the legal profession. We're not going down the street finding you know georgia like local county judge and saying hey you know you want to be on the supreme court that's not happening and people don't understand that and so when when president trump through the federalist society decided that judge kavanaugh was his man he was going to stand by that guy no matter what it there there would have been the politics aside and things like that trump views any type where he has to retract something that he said or done or apologize as an absolute and total loss and, right. and he was never going to do that. And people in the White House said that that he was that was the hill that he was going to absolutely die on. Good. And I, I think it's just refreshing to see all these Republicans like like we already talked about um, Susan Collins. And we mentioned last week quite a bit about Lindsey Graham's awakening, I guess, <laughs> his transformation from, a, you know, boring Southern dude to, a, you know, prize fighter. Um, it, it's just, I mean, he went from, he turned into Muhammad Ali overnight. Like, I don't know what happened, but it's, it is just refreshing, um, seeing these Republicans not back down. I mean, the Republicans have been backing down, uh, to the Democrats and the Democrat playbook for a long time. Uh, just one more point before I let you go. Um, and hopefully this is a lesson, not only to Democrats, but to both sides, because both sides do this, unfortunately, over and over. But in a hilarious new development this morning, <laughs> Democrats are coming out and blaming Michael Avenatti, um, affectionately known as the creepy porn lawyer uh, representing Stormy Daniels, uh, blaming mm-hmm. Michael Avenatti for blowing up their plan to take down Brett Kavanaugh. Um, he's obviously the one that dragged up the most insane, easily debunked uh, claim against Kavanaugh. It was the gang rapist claim. Uh, I believe it was his client's name was Julie Swetnick. Um absolutely ridiculous, fantastical <laughs> allegations um, that, that Brett Kavanaugh had organized basically gang rape rings and stuff like that. And that just cast doubt on the credibility of of uh, Christine Ford's testimony and everything else. And it's really muddied the water. And, and obviously Avenatti made, a, made an idiot of himself. 
But look, don't bring insane people into your coalition if you don't want them doing insane people stuff. Okay? Like, Democrats, you own Michael Avenatti. You own him. He's yours. You promoted him. He's on CNN and MSNBC every day, multiple times a day. Sometimes at the same time. <laughs> Sometimes at the same time. I don't know how it's, how it's physically possible, but they make it work. The Democrats, you own them. Enjoy that. You deserve it. <laughs> so your thoughts on that. Uh, hopefully, you know, both parties can stop trying to give credibility to these these clowns i mean these absolute jokes um looking for 15 minutes of fame but uh now that it's hurting the democrats i'm i'm enjoying i'm enjoying them throw avenatti under the bus but hey they own them they can enjoy that yeah i think a lot of people want to they want to cast aside some of their their own personal blame on avenatti adding just uh, just ridiculous claim after ridiculous claim into the pot but really we shouldn't forget, and the Democrats shouldn't forget, who is responsible for this. It is Senator Dianne Feinstein from California, who sat right. on these claims till after the hearings were over, either leaked it or allowed it to be leaked because no, no one else had it. No one else had it and allowed it to be leaked. And that is the reason why Brad Kavanaugh is uh, – that's the reason this entire situation happened. That's the reason why it got so ugly, and that's the reason why – Democrats lost a lot of their their legitimacy going into this what was clearly going to be a, a brutal brutal blue wave is now I mean I mean I mean these are these are all anecdotal things but like I, the women that I talked to that are conservative saw this and saw how unfairly he was treated and thought wow you know like I want to be sympathetic to people that are in the are in the me too movement I want I want to do that but also when it comes to when it comes to due process, when it comes to treating people fairly, when evaluating these holistic things, I mean, think think about how we go forward from this. Like, yeah, we're talking about the '80s, and and you know, law, people people feel like when we do the like the Roy Moore thing too, like that was all like anecdotal, and he said, she said, and that kind of thing. Like, we're about to go into a future where everyone's going to have photos, everyone's going to have screenshots, everyone's going to have text message records, email records of of everything you've ever done. And we need to come together as a society to determine how we're going to evaluate these things. And if people want to do that really unfairly and really nasty and pull things out of context and, and own people and destroy people's lives over things, like, yeah, sure, we can do that. And everyone will be miserable and worse off for it. But if we want to create a system, and I think a lot of conservatives, including myself, want to do this, we want to create a system where we, we understand that people are broken. We understand that there's like, you know, that there there is Christ and Christ saves and Christ forgives. And if we want to try to uh, you know, embolden and implies that in our own lives, we need to have a way of evaluating things that, that consider due process, that consider the confrontation clause, that consider how we go about evaluating claims so that we can put the best people in the best positions. And I, I think when people saw the Michael having uh, anything, I mean, yeah, like that was a, that was a gross claim. It was again, like I've said before, playing politics with a sexual assault victim, but overall, like this is because Senator Feinstein treated Brett Kavanaugh unfairly by not evaluating a claim that was a valid claim in the Senate Judiciary Committee in a confidential setting. That's the problem with this, and I hope we can move forward as a society from this. Absolutely. Well put. Couldn't have said it better myself. Tyler Grant, where can everybody find you online and read your stuff and keep in touch with you and all that good stuff? Just the Tyler Grant at Twitter, and I'm trying to post and doing a little Fox 5 TV lately. So. All right, everybody follow Tyler. He's great, and I'm sure he'll be back on soon. 
Uh, thanks again for bailing me out. Uh, short notice, my friend. Um, I am Brady Leonard. I will be back on Wednesday, and hopefully on Wednesday, I'm going to try to go the whole show without saying the name Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> 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 Talk to you guys on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.